Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you were a kid, did you want to be an astronaut? A crossing guard? Sometimes our dreams feel a little all over the place, but we're not alone. In fact, McDonald's created an education platform, APA Next, with all the resources Asian Pacific American students like us need to navigate the next steps, or even figure out what they are. With streaming workshops on college admissions and more, a lot of the work is done for us. Come take a look at apanext.com and decide what's next for you. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble podcast brought to you by Old City Sports Network. I'm your host, Chet. I'm joined by, with my lovely co-hosts, Tyler, Wade, and Futch. How are y'all doing on this Sunday evening? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. You, yep, you another, another good weekend in the boot. There you go. What about you, Home Depot, man? Did you, did you get to put some hours in? I put a few hours in. Too hot outside, so uh, I was done a little early today, but... Uh... Got home, relaxed for a little bit, so ready for the show. There you go, there you go. And we're going to go ahead and just, I'm going to knock out the uh, the ad reads from our awesome sponsors so everybody can hear them at the beginning of the show and not have to search through it to find those wonderful discount codes. So the show is brought to you by our first sponsor, Body Check Wellness. Uh, they provide you with all of your CBD needs, whether it's gummies or oils or whatnot to keep you cool as a cucumber, like I said on last show. But if you go to www.bodycheckwellness.com, use the promo code OCS, you get 25% off. And then you get another 25% off at Norse Beards. I was checking them out last week. I ordered their sample kit, so we'll see if I get this beard looking nice, nice and uh, full and thick. But if you head on over to www.norsebeards.com and enter the promo code OCS. You'll get 25% off all of your beard oil needs. And the last one, which uh, has been floating around the Twitter group chat on the network, they got some custom jerseys being made from this guy, um, is Logaroo. So they have a former AHL player, Colin Mulvey, making uh, He'll make you custom jerseys for any sports team you want. You create any solid jersey, and you can get a quote from Colin at logaroo.co, not .com. It brought me to another website when I typed in .com. But if you go to L-O-O-G-A-R-O-O.co, you can get a quote from Colin, tell him Chet from Sports Scramble sent you, and he'll get, he'll get you up with a good deal. 
And like last week, all of these links will be included in our show notes. But with that being said, we'll go ahead and kick off another week of sports, one week closer to the NFL season and NCAA football season. We had our wonderful Hall of Fame game with the Jaguars and the Raiders. The I, rainbow. Yeah, there wasn't uh, wasn't much action. You know, it's a pre-preseason game, so it's not taken too seriously. But did uh, any of y'all watch it? I watched the highlights. I, I noticed that Zamir White, I noticed he had a really good game, the running back out of Georgia. So that backfield should be good, especially with Josh Jacobs running back one. But Zamir White should be a pretty good third down running back for the Raiders. Yeah, we'll see how long Josh Jacobs is, you know, stays healthy this year since he ends up not playing for the majority of the year each hey, year. Jacobs so. was a solid RB3 for me all last year. I can't complain. Um, I wish he would ditch the baggy sleeves, the long sleeves, because he's just asking to fumble the ball. It drove me nuts every time I watched him. Um, how about look. Trayvon Walker coming right out the gate with a huge sack on, um, who was it, Jared Stidham? Yeah. Who's now on the Raiders. He smacked the heck out of that guy's elbow. <laughs> yeah. First yeah. play of the game. Yeah, because it, Trayvon Walker was the number one pick out of Georgia. Georgia, yeah, Georgia. Right, yeah. So, you know, already making a big impact for the for the Jaguars who need all the help they can get. Um, another, I guess, shout-out for the Jaguars. I saw uh, our boy Tim Jones, who went to the same high school for a little while as me, Tyler, and Jacob uh, – He's making his way in the NFL. He's he's on the Jaguars, and he, he got some work in uh, in the preseason. He had to. I don't know who the quarterback was that was throwing to him, but uh, he he threw a pass way over his head. Tim had to go up there and catch that thing and bring it down. So a good athletic play there for Tim. But like you know, like I said, not many people watch this game, uh, but it's just that first taste of football, and now we got the preseason kicking off. So I mean, what are, are y'all excited for our fantasy football league coming up? Oh, yeah. I'm, I've been preparing for it since July. I'm, I've been ready to go. I will now be in four leagues this year. I'm a little uh, <laughs> much of an addict, if you wow. can say. Look at you. <laughs> but, hey, all my friend groups want me to play, so I'm honored. It's a good way to keep up with the guys. And uh, I'm going to try a different strategy this year and get a bunch of different players and play the field rather than banking on a few select guys. And if one of them hits and wins, then uh, I'll call it a good year. So you're picking kicker first. Okay, bold strategy uh, maybe there, Wade. Uh, wives and uh, husband league, sure, but not in the not in the money league. <laughs> oh, well, you heard, hey, he, he just said it. He's picking kicker first, so we're going to make him do it in all the leagues this year. To, and especially One of them is a dynasty league, so that would be a critical mistake that would set me back for years. <laughs> what, if we, what if we had a rule, like, in the first round you had to take a kicker? Like, first round picks were only kickers. I wouldn't like that. I lost last year, and I'm got to go Jay Tuck. Then you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to spending my first round pick on Jonathan Taylor. So I, I don't know if we're going to establish that this year, Fudge. Maybe next year. If we ever do the that, commissioner, the corrupt it. commissioner, yeah, going to make it the new rule. <laughs> but so uh, I guess speaking of first round running backs, did y'all see Mr. Derrick Henry break the helmet on the stiff arm drill today? The, they were in practice, and, you know, I thought when I saw the headline, I thought it was like a DB's helmet, like trying to tackle him, and he broke his helmet with a stiff arm. But it was one of those long sticks, and they put a helmet on there, and as he came around the corner, he stiff-armed it into the ground, and the helmet just cracked into like a 1,000 pieces. So, I mean, he's coming back. He might be healthier than ever. So, I don't know. Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, I'm going back and forth again, back and forth. But we'll, well see. It was, 
it was probably just one of them plastic helmets from the eighties that they stuck on there. Uh, that like, just I don't know. I'm like giving Chet so much advice throughout this whole entire offseason. He's still debating who he's going to take. Well, I'm trying to keep you all on your toes. I can't unveil my plan. But look at Derrick Henry and say, yeah, a team has a good chance of tackling that guy. I mean, it, he's just physically uh, very hard to stop. But uh, I think the Titans. Sorry, uh, NASCAR Neil. I think the Titans are going to kind of take a little bit of a step back this year. Um, the offense didn't look as good without Arthur Smith running into the show last year. And then you get rid of A.J. Brown and some tight ends and Julio Jones. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to have a lot of weight on his shoulders. Yeah, I think that he may be a little overworked after coming back from the injury. So that's what... Y'all pretty much know who I'm picking first, but I like to keep y'all on your toes so that way Futch doesn't can't lock in that number two pick just yet. But with Wade's little preview of the Titans, we can go ahead, I guess, start off our new segment that we're going to do uh, each week leading up to the NFL season. And we're also going to do this for the NCAA. Uh, but so for this week, we are doing the NFL preview of the NFC East and the AFC East. And the next week we'll go to, I believe we'll do the West and then the South and the North and so on. We're making a uh, cross country road trip just virtually, you know, pretty Getting much all just, the NFL and college needs on the East coast and then the South and the central and all the well, way to California. What we'll do is we'll go ahead and apply for the, the media passes now and maybe the NFL will get us hooked up by the time the season starts so we can hit each stadium. Do it uh, in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I guess we'll go ahead and kick it off with the preview of the NFC East. For those who don't know your NFC East teams, it's probably one of the worser leagues in the in the NFL or worser conferences because um, it's usually the the winner of this conference has got like a five and ten record by halfway through the season. Um, but you've got your Dallas Cowboys, your New York Giants, your Washington newly named Commanders, and your Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll go around the room. We'll let the fantasy guru, Tyler, start off first with Tyler. Who's your NFC champion pick? My NFC East champion uh, comes down to two teams. I think it's going to be a bit between the, the Eagles and the Cowboys. But I'm going to go with Dak Attack and the Cowboys taking the division again. I mean, they pretty much the only really loss that they had this season was Amari Cooper, but I still trust C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz. Uh, he's going to be asking for money, for more money. So hopefully uh, Dallas uh, gives Schultz uh, some more money. So I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott's just going to be just fine, and he said Tony Pollard backed him up. The defense is, was stout last year, uh, really had a good year. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. What a sneaky team is going to be the New York Giants. I think they're going to have a better year this year. I know that Jacob was going to give me that look. He just hates every New York team that even exists. Uh, but I know that like people rag on Daniel Jones, but I think he's going to take a step forward. Saquon Barkley, I know I rag on the guy, but hopefully he can stay healthy. Okay, Jacob, let's just go ahead and do yours because you're about to let's piss me off. Battle it out there, Jacob. Battle <laughs> let's it out. Hear it. This is the first Giants take. Stephen A. <laughs> the Giants. Like, who else is going to be the sleeper? Hey, Tyler, here? I think we yeah. already read the sponsorships. I mean, you don't have to say that. I mean, I'm just <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> I'm let's, let's hear it, Jacob. You, you've got some shocking facial expressions. Let's let's battle it out. <laughs> yeah, so it's brought to you by think, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think the I think the division's gonna be a battle at the bottom between New York and Washington. Uh, I, I don't. 
I don't see them being contenders. Who's even Washington's quarterback now? It's Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Carson Mr. Wentz. Yeah. Why do you think I didn't even mention them? Yeah, they're not <laughs> yeah. preview worthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they had they had a, a quote unquote defense. Um, you know, when I'm Chase gonna... Young was when Chase Young was healthy, they, they don't have a defense anymore um in Washington. Um they can't rely on one guy to, to carry that defensive line. Um but I, I, I don't see um, Carson Wentz being the the fix in Washington, and, and and I don't see Daniel Jones having a season where the Giants can win nine games this year. I, I don't I don't see that happening. Um, I think the team that's going to win the division is probably the Eagles. Um, I think Jalen Hurts has that team in the right spot, and I think he controls that offense. Um, he's like a I would say he's the unseasoned Kyler Murray at this point I, I just he, he hasn't he hasn't seen enough yet I don't think um, but I think this is the year that he can make a big leap for that team and and I think honestly it could be I just think Dallas is too weak in the receiver area right now um especially with guys going down in training oh, camp that's you got not, your boy Tolbert though yeah, Tolbert, I yeah. hyped this fan up and you're saying that they have a weak receiving core like you even call yourself a South Alabama Jaguar? <laughs> He's just attacking you tonight, Fudge. What do you well, have to say to that? Here like the Giants, so I couldn't even. First I couldn't even guy, finish my this statement. Guy, this man was this making like a team that can't win four games in a season. Okay, we're bringing that. I'm just East saying, Coast like the Giants had a good draft. Tavon Thibodeau, and they added another key offensive tackle. I'm not saying they're winning the division. A sleeper doesn't mean they're going to win the division. They're going to like people are saying that they're going to suck. I think that they can at least get to like seven wins. Well, well here's the, here's the problem, Tom. There's only four teams in the division. Well, and you get like three wins against the Commanders. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's all, if that's all you get, then no. I'm sorry, you're still going to be a seven win team probably at the end of the season. They came down to New Orleans and put up 50 points last year. So, yeah, I think the Giants are one of those like it's a sleeper team. You don't, no one expects them to win. But there's, there's some games they're sneaky like, good. Yeah, I think that's what, all I'm saying. It's not like I'm saying that they're going to win the division. I'm just saying that they could be a team, you know, at the end of the season that people are talking about, like, hey, how did they get here? That's like calling the Detroit Lions a sleeper team. Or whatever. Hey, well, you never know. That division's Jared, Yeah, you got Jared Goff. and um, Green Bay doesn't have a receiver. We'll get there next week, but we, we're going to call them <laughs> – We'll, we'll preview him next week. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers has a new uh, psychedelic drug he takes before the games, <laughs> and he just has receivers appear in front of his face. So it works out for him if he put up MVP numbers on it. So I don't know. Uh, but I think with Saquon Barkley being hopefully fully healthy, that's going to kind of redesign the Giants' offense. And, and uh, he's battled injuries, what, the past three years? Yeah. So we'll see if he's able to maybe make a breakthrough this year and have one of his – rookie seasons or his sophomore season where he put up big numbers but okay so we got tyler with the cowboys fletch with the eagles wade who, who's your pick for the nfc east uh i gotta stick with dallas i know i'm kind of a dallas i don't know i don't want to say homer i don't really have many connections to the city but as y'all know i'm very big on ezekiel elliott not because i love the guy it's because you're always a good value in the draft <laughs> And, uh, you know, if he's sitting there in the third round, you best believe he'll be on the fighting Freddies. Yep. And, um, yeah, I, I just think that the, that's the team with the most talent. The Eagles, um, you know, they're a pretty good franchise. They always seem to find their way into the wild card 
uh, winning the division um, every couple of years. So I think the Eagles will give them a run for their money, but um, you got to think that uh, Mike McCarthy, I mean, his seat is hot as anybody's and I think the talent will rise to the top and they'll probably go like, I don't know, 10 and seven, 11 and six, something like that. Yeah, you know they're going to play the Saints, and they're going to beat the Saints, and it's going to cost the Saints in the NFC uh, like playoff spot. It's a whole deal like last year. Um, in the terms NFC of the is e- kind of down, so I mean, I mean the Eagles and the Cowboys should both yeah. make the playoffs. Yeah, I think my pick is probably going to be the Cowboys. I went back and forth between the Cowboys and the Eagles before the show, but every year it's Cowboys this, Cowboys that. I think finally this year, maybe Dak will put some pieces together. He's got his big contract. Zeke, I think, has a contract coming up, or did he just get paid? I don't um, remember. Of that. He's still on the tail end of a pretty large extension. Okay, so he's got one coming up here in the future, so he needs to start putting out some numbers, or else the, you know he's going to have to just take investments from his uh, commercials with feed Zeke, because they're not going to keep paying him to not do anything all season. I was um, going to make I was going to make the point too that I don't if Dallas doesn't make the playoffs this year for some reason I think Zeke's done in Dallas. Um I think he finds a new home. I I, I don't think he signs the extension with them. Um and my biggest problem with Dallas is it's too much about ownership and not enough about the game of football at the end of the day. We spend so much time talking about the people that make too much money to sit there and call the shots in an office chair and the guys are out there taking shots to the body and playing yeah. the game for 18 weeks that I, I just I don't think uh I don't think it's structured right in Dallas it's different than ev- any other organization in the NFL and it hasn't worked and it, and it's it it doesn't work um, well in, name an owner you see more headlines about than Jerry uh than shoot Jerry Jones. I almost said Robert Jerry Kraft. Judy, <laughs> Jerry Jones, yeah, Robert Kraft. The two of them, they must just get together and say, "How can we make the world burn?" I almost said Jerry Judy. Yeah, Jerry Judy's the owner yeah, of the Jerry Dallas Cowboys. Long ways to go Cowboys. to buy an NFL team. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you said, Fletch, it's always about Jerry Jones. It's where like half the time you don't even know what's going on with the football team, and, it, and when they start playing bad, is everybody start talking about Jerry Jones? But well, no, right. it's, it's the, Dallas is the let's point fingers at each other place. Yeah. That's what it is. Everybody's like, well, no, it's not me. It's him. It's not me. It's him. And at the end of the day, Jerry Jones is going to do everything he can to cover his own butt at the end of the day, whether that be I got to fire a head coach and go find a, a a decent one to, you know, cover, cover up my mistakes or, hey, I'm going to get rid of this player because apparently we have problems and I can afford to pay him. I mean, there, there's. There's a difference between being called the Dallas Cowboys and then people call it Jerry's world. And I'm like, really? I'm like, there's a point where it becomes arrogant and it's it's past well, the point. I guess Futch is not a very big fan of Jerry Jones. We find this out on the show, breaking news. There's a lot of tension here in the NFC East. Yeah. Uh, I think we should move on. Tell the AFC East well, be a little I'm, bit less uh, <laughs> intense. Maybe I, not. Jacob has his Patriots over there. Yeah, I have a quick question before we move on from the NFC East. Say that Cowboys miss the playoffs. You think Mike McCarthy's out. You think Sean Payton comes in and he's the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Potentially. But if that were to happen, we, uh, the Saints would like Ezekiel Elliott in return. I think if he, Lamb. if he goes and coaches the Dallas Cowboys, his New, his New Orleans legacy is just is torched. It's yep. done. The, they will 
they will hate him for the rest of the time. Yep. I agree. Same. That's Some like the one on team him. that every Saints fan would hate their ever living guts out of Sean Payton if he went there. Like Miami would be cool or if he go there. The Rams. If he went to the yeah, Rams for some Rams. reason. <laughs> but he ain't going to the Rams. Sean McVay is locked there for like fifty years. Well, yeah. there's it's it's the way because it's not like a Tom Brady thing where he spent twenty years in New England and then he moves to Tampa Bay. It's completely different because Sean Payton decided to step away from the team. It wasn't that it's like an Urban Meyer situation. Yeah, and yeah. It, it wasn't. It wasn't like, hey, I got a better offer for another team. It's time that I move on to another team. No, he just stepped away from the game entirely. Um, so I, I think that it would rub not only people in New Orleans, but people, I think NFL fans um, of any team, in that sense, even people in Dallas, I think the wrong way. If what? he was to come back and, and do something like that, he's got. I what? think he stays retired. I, I do. Two years I think on his contract. Riley goes there. <laughs> he, he he jumped ship from USC after one year. As soon yeah. as he realizes USC is going back to the Big Twelve, exactly. he's the uh, NFL. The Big Ten's not for me. <laughs> or the Big exactly. Ten. Sorry, yeah. Sean Payton's got what two years left that the Saints are paying him. Yeah. So this year and next. Mm-hmm. So you know, say McCarthy's done after two years and his contract is up. Maybe that he's waiting it out for that, but now you know that's just a conspiracy theory. We'll see. He might stay retired and enjoy his retirement, which I hope he does because I don't want his legacy in New Orleans to be absolutely torched. Uh, but okay, we'll go ahead and switch things to the AFC East with the New England Patriots, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, and everyone's favorite mom team, the New York Jets, with Zach Wilson at the helm at quarterback. And speaking of Zach Wilson, did y'all see the clip of him? catching that football in front of the other quarterback's face. It was all thrown. Um, they were playing catch, and I don't know who the backup was, but he was like, hey, toss me the ball. And the wide receiver reared up and just, like, chunked it, and Wilson just out of nowhere, one-handed, grabs it out of the air and brings it in. I was like, okay, Zach Wilson might be playing some wildcat offense this year. We can see him out here at wide receiver. So, but we'll go ahead and start again with Tyler. Tyler, who's your pick? I know Futches is the Patriots, so we probably don't even have to talk to him. But, Tyler, who's your pick for the AFC East? Yeah, I think the the AFC East, you know, you got three teams really contention. Sorry, Jets fans. I, I just don't think you got it. There's a lot, a lot of young talent on that team, but I think they're still a couple of years away uh, from being in contention. But in the end, I got to go with the Buffalo Bills uh, winning this division. But the sleeper team for me is the Patriots. I feel like a lot of people are giving Miami high just because of the Tyreek Hill signing. I don't know about that team, the I know they signed a lot of running backs with Chase Edmonds and Sony Michelle, but I think the running back, they have a little bit of hole there. Defense is solid. But in the end, Buffalo Bills, I mean, I just like noticed this week that they signed Von Miller to a three-year deal. So that defense is just going to be scary good. So I think Buffalo Bills uh, will be in contention not only uh, to win the AFC East, but to, to get the number one overall seed in the AFC. Von Miller's no longer on the Rams? Yeah, he's no. on the Bills now. That oh. was just a short-term rental. He got traded. Okay. It was a one-year deal. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, I didn't realize that. But yeah, I think you know, Wade agrees. Tyler it's agrees. <laughs> I agree with the Bills as well. It's just the clip keeps playing in my head of Stephon Diggs watching the Chiefs celebrate on the sidelines. Or yeah, I think it was the Chiefs that beat them. But um, just and then especially what happened last year in the overtime in the AFC Championship. I think the Bills are probably coming out for blood. I mean, Josh Allen is just like, I mean, he's he's him and Mahomes are going to be battling out for MVP again. Um, but I kind of agree with you, Tyler, with the Patriots being the sleeper pick. 
because they had a good year last year. Mac Jones was a rookie yeah. and he still played pretty good. You got to remember it's Bill Belichick as the coach. Yeah, you can't, I mean, he's, you can't bet against him. That's yeah, I mean, sure. and he's got his crazy son as the offensive coordinator. So that, it's like a father-son duo just tearing through the league. So we'll let Fletch, I'll let you break down your hometown Patriots and what you think they're going to do this year. Um, I think New England – I think New England's a good enough team to win double-digit games this year. Um, I think – that they have the right offense for Mac Jones there. I think they were, didn't really change the offense from when Brady was there. I think at the end of the day, Belichick's going to stick to the bread and butter of what keeps New England, New England. Um, I mean, not only do you have Bill's son there, but you know, you do have Matt Patricia coming back to the Patriots after his time in Detroit with the Lions. So he is coming back. I do think he'll probably be named the defensive coordinator um, for that, that team. Um, which brings a lot more um, excitement to the defense there, I think. Um, when he was there, you know, there for a lot of their Super Bowl contending seasons. I think that the biggest thing with New England is, is can they win games against Buffalo? I, I think they're a good enough team to beat Miami um, throughout the year. I don't think they might lose one game to Miami, but in Miami, but I think that they're where they're at. Uh, enough of their guys are seasoned enough to where they can win a lot of games and Belichick's not one to make when I mean, we see it in the draft every year. It's not one to make big decisions on, Hey, let me take this big guy out of Georgia. Heck we saw him take a, what a offensive lineman in the first round this year. Yeah. From like a D three so, school or something. It was something just out of nowhere, so but he's probably going to be the next best offensive lineman in the NFL knowing Bill Belichick. That's just that's what he the does. Crazy thing. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about New England. They just, they know they do what they want. I mean, it, there's no like, there's no way to predict what New England's going to do, really. Um, you just let it play out. I mean, that's that's the Patriots, and that's how they've always been. At the end of the day, though, I I have to agree with you guys. I think Buffalo will probably win the division. Uh, I don't think New England will win a game in Buffalo this year. I don't I don't see it happening. I think Buffalo is too good at home, and it seems like every time that they play, they either play. Uh, during the day when it's very sunny and it's uh, 11.30 or an 11 o'clock game in the morning and there are people already drunk by 9 o'clock in the morning and Bill's mafia. Bust, yeah, busting tables outside the stadium. Right, at 9 o'clock in the morning. That's my alarm clock on, on that Sunday. Or it's going to be at night and like we saw last year and it's going to be snowing and it's going to be bitterly cold. I... I even though both teams are in the Northeast, that Buffalo has the advantage every day at home. I think Buffalo is, if it's probably the hardest place to play in in the league. I think. Uh, and if it wasn't hard enough, game with like fifty mile an hour winds and like Mac Jones only completing one pass. Yeah, and if it wasn't hard enough, you got uh, you know Josh Allen who played at Wyoming. So I mean, if anybody's built for the conditions, it's not Mac Jones from. <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida, and Tuscaloosa. <laughs> but no, I think I think the AFC East is on a rise for the future, though. I think Miami has a bright future. I just don't think Tua's had the experience yet. And there's a lot of – I think there's a lot of expectation in Miami that, you know, they're going to produce this year. And I, I, don't, I don't know if Miami produces here. It, it, we just haven't seen it from them in a very long time. So, you know – 
even I remember when Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback in Miami, and everybody's like, "Oh, they got Tannehill. Miami's Miami's a, a playoff bound team. They're they're gonna you know they're gonna beat New England in in the the wild card game." And I'm thinking, "There's no way." So, I, but that's just that's hype at the end of the day, and and I think that, like Tyler said, I think Miami's a few years away, kind of like the Jets are. I think the Jets Jets need more. I don't. They have talent. It's just how they just they don't eat. have any experience yet, and I think right. And it's experience at the end yeah. of the day. So I just think that they have the talent. Yeah, they need experience. One and number two, these teams need a better coaching staff. You can't tell me that there aren't better coaches out there for these teams. I mean, it it, it doesn't take a person with a lot of knowledge to figure out that what's working there for coaching, what you have, isn't working. So. Some changes need to be made there in New York, I think, in the NFC and in the AFC. So I got a question for you for the AFC East. You think uh, Mr. Tyreek Hill requests the trade before the season ends? Requests the uh, trade back to the Chiefs before the season ends? You no, think he stays no. with He got two? his money. He got his money. He's, uh, you know, that's about all you can ask for. I think he'll spend two years in, in Miami realistically and – if he doesn't like it, he's out. But I, if Miami makes it to the wild card or the playoffs, I mean, I, who knows? If they do end up making it, then I, I think he stays after two years. Okay, okay. Well, another person that requested a trade was Kareem Hunt, and the Browns just shut him down. So I guess they're done trading people. They said, nope, you stay in here, buddy, because you might have to play quarterback because uh, Jacoby Brissett is probably not going to be able to handle it uh, with Deshaun Watson being suspended for six games, which that news broke as soon as we stopped recording last week. But yeah, Deshaun Watson, as of now, suspended for six games. The NFL is uh, trying to get him suspended for the full year. And the NFL Players Association is now suing the NFL. And it's just a whole mess down there in Cleveland. And I am very glad the Saints did not pick up Deshaun Watson at this point. I don't know, three months ago, I might not have said that. But looking back at it now, it was definitely the smart, uh, smart, Smart uh, plan on their end. Uh, but so, as to round out our NFL talk, we're going to kick it over to Tyler for Tyler's Fantasy Football Corner on TT Street. Let's see what you got for us this week. TT's Corner. <laughs> yep, TT's Corner. Uh, we're going to be uh, looking at the top six tied in. So, this will be the final position group. I kind of These are the more. make it or break it in fantasy football Jeez, sometimes. Some of these of games. Them? Yes, there is six of them. Uh, <laughs> so, we have... Three topics on Fantasy Football Corner. I figure I would talk more Fantasy Football since our draft is really a couple of weeks away and Fantasy Football season is getting ramped up. So, top six tight ends. All right, so I'm going to say 1A, 1B. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. If you want to grab these guys, either like round two to round three, go for it. Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, obviously with Tyree Kill. Moving on is definitely going to be the focal point now of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. So wide receivers are not too very – I mean, you have he's, Sky Moore, he's basically an extra wide receiver in, on your fantasy team. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty much going to be like the wide receiver one for the Chiefs. Uh, same with Mark Andrews losing Hollywood Brown. Rashad Bateman, uh, I just don't – I think that Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews just has that connection. I think Jacob can tell you that he had Andrews last year and he did pretty solid for him. Uh, number three, I'm going to move this guy up. Same situation, Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, like mm-hmm. I just mentioned, Amari Cooper no longer there. 
CeeDee Lamb is really the only wide receiver there until uh, Michael Gallup gets healthy back from his tour in ACL. So I think that Schultz is pretty much like the wide receiver too there. They really had a good connection there with Dak. Number four is George Kittle. I'm not really a fan of George Kittle this year, fantasy-wise. There are just too many targets uh, there in San Francisco. Especially, It's the it's the Debo show in, in San Francisco, and they also like to run it with Elijah Mitchell. And then, you know, I'm hearing good reports of the rookie Ty Davis-Price. They're going to be using him a lot in the offense. Uh, number five is going to be uh, the sophomore rookie, Kyle Pitts, out of Atlanta. And uh, it's pretty much like, you know, the Kittle, like the Kelsey and Andrews situation. There's really no one else to throw to him. Uh, but you do have Marcus Mariota as quarterback, so that's why I have him down there. We just have to wait and see uh, how Mariota thrives in Atlanta. But Kyle Pitts, uh, one of the best young tight ends in the game. And then rounding out the top six, Darren Waller, he does lose a little bit of pizzazz with the Devontae Adams signing, but the talent is still there uh, for Darren Waller. He's one of the most consistent fantasy tight ends you can get. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of those guys that may slip to a later round. Um, yeah. Now you have Devontae Adams, so he's losing mm-hmm. a lot of his targets. Um, but Kittle, the thing that I'm not sure about him is whether you got a new quarterback with Trey Lance. They might. It sounds like they may be more of an option yeah. running team. So he may be used more of his pass blocker than an actual wide receiver. What I'm surprised you didn't include on there um, would be Dallas Go Dirt because it seems like he was always that clutch guy on Sunday night when the Eagles are playing. <laughs> I know it happened against me a few times. He'd catch a pass and then put whoever else playing up by a point or he'd catch a touchdown because they would take out um, – he no longer plays for him anymore. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, uh, where is he at now? He's in Arizona. That's right. He's in Arizona. Yep. Yeah. Be uh, tight ends, one of those tough ones, because you either got a guy if you got a guy like Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, guaranteed points every week, no mm-hmm. doubt. But everybody else is kind of just up for grabs. Uh, how the quarterbacks feeling? How the schemes going that week? So I know someone that probably has a lot of expert on this would be Mr. Wade because he always seems to have a great tight end in fantasy football. So so what are your thoughts on Tyler's list this week, Wade? I like Tyler's list a lot. Um, Darren Waller's been my, my rock. So having him fall down to number six on your list is music to my ears because <laughs> I still believe in the guy and yeah. I had to overpay for him last year. Yeah, so. I remember that. <laughs> Um, that's okay if he slips down a little bit, but, uh, one guy that worked out quite well for me last year in one of my leagues, I don't think I had him in our league, but, uh, Dawson Knox, he had a big year last year. Yeah. I had him in our league last year. He he was doing great until he got hurt. So he's pretty athletic. And if the bills don't sign another wide receiver, uh, you got to expect that he'll be the second or the third, uh, guy for Josh Allen. And honestly, even if he's the fourth or fifth, um, you know, target in targets for Josh Allen, he's still worth picking up. So I think that that's a guy that a lot of people could wait back and um, select a little bit later in the draft. And then you got to look at schemes, you know, teams like Pittsburgh, New England, Tennessee, uh, consistently, even Tampa Bay, consistently use tight ends. So, um, you know, whoever's at the top of the depth chart, at the end of training camp, um, probably just the system will get him some points. Yeah, yeah for sure. To, to to Tyler's point, you know, it, 
the Mark Andrews thing. Yeah, Mark Andrews, I think, is a good pickup. Um, I think he's going to have a – I think he would have a couple of breakout weeks, you know, as far as fantasy goes. And But the the change there, really, I've seen the past couple of years is that Mark Andrews has turned into a blocking tight end a lot. Uh, I've seen a lot in the running scheme because, I mean, Lamar likes to run, and it ends up turning into a, a run block – kind of a block situation and, he's kind and, of like a touchdown dependent kind of tight end at that right. point and yeah. he, it's dependent on goal line situations if they stack the box and, and that's i think that's what most teams would do uh where they want to take the ball out of lamar's hands and, and they have to give it to somebody and i think he's the most reliable guy down there i think that's where he gets most of his points because he's racking up points from touchdowns you know so my other person that I, that you didn't include on the list that I think is good. Sorry, I've got a bias because of Penn State, but I think Pat Frymuth in in Pittsburgh I think is going to be a huge piece that they need this year in order to to keep up in the AFC North. Um, they need somebody to score down there in the goal line, and and I think that he, this is only second year in the league, and you know I don't think people expected him to be where he was at with the team as late as he was drafted. Last year, I I don't think anybody expected where he would be with that being tight end one right there and kind of being a go-to piece inside 15 yards. And he's a guy that's going to lower a shoulder on you and hit you uh, and isn't going to shy away from, from running you over at the goal line there. So I think that he reminds me of like a very, very young Gronk in this aspect that he doesn't care who's in the way. He's going to run somebody over and flex on you at the end. So I think uh, I think he's a good piece in Pittsburgh, and I think he's outside of the top six, but I definitely think he's a top ten yeah. tight end in the league. He's going to bring that Penn State power and just knock you over when he's coming through the line. <laughs> um, the Kyle Pitts selection worries me a little bit because I did have him last year, and I yeah. immediately traded him away because he sucked until I traded him, and then he got great. Um, oh, wow, a rookie got better after seven games. Who would have thought? Yeah. Well, the only issue I have with him now is he's got a brand new quarterback. So all that experience he had with Matt Ryan is kind of just out the door. So he has to start over in training camp. So he probably will get a lot more targets considering he's pretty much their like top wide receiver. He's the best target. athlete on the team. I mean, yeah, they're gonna have to get him the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna, it might take a few weeks for that chemistry to build with Mark. To me, in our league, like if you like want to get. Like, I would say, like, if you're looking for a top tight end, if you get Kelsey or Andrews, go for it. But, like, the value, like, wide receiver or running back, there's a drop-off. So, like, you can wait for tight ends. You know, not even guys like – guys like TJ Hawkinson is not even, like, on my list. Zach Ertz, like you mentioned, Dallas Scott, or, like, Pat Fryermuth could be guys that can get you points every week. And even a guy like, you know, Albert O, he's now on the, the Denver Broncos, and Russell Wilson loves to throw it to the tight ends. Bronco country. Well, yep. he didn't have – well, think about it. Russell didn't have a tight end in Seattle, yeah. really. Didn't have Let's nothing. Can you name a tight end that Russell Wilson has thrown a football Well, they've thrown it to, like, everyone. I, hey, Will like, Disley had a hell of a Yeah, Will Disley, and ago. they had, like, some <laughs> no-namers on there. <laughs> I'm a little upset when I said Broncos country. Y'all didn't say let's ride. Let's ride. There you go. Thank you. That's been blowing up all over social media with Russell Wilson's wife getting into it also. Um, I see also on your list, Tyler, we got a little another position group, top six defense yeah. defenses and special teams. So hit us with them. All right, number one, easiest defense to do, Buffalo Bills. Uh, 
definitely going to be the best fantasy defense. And like adding Von Miller to the defense of how obviously I already have Tredavious White and it's just going to be insane group. Number two, New Orleans Saints defense. They added a lot of key, good key pieces with Tyron Matthew. Honey Badger. May. I mean, the Saints defense did lose some key pieces in Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Marcus Williams, but you add the Honey Badger, Marcus May, so that's not going to be much of a drop-off. Number three is going to be Tampa Bay. I think that defense is still young and thriving. Uh, number four is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners defense is always solid year in and year out. Number five, the Indianapolis Colts. They were, they were a top five fantasy defense last year, so I expect the same numbers for them. And I have a tie at number six. It's between Los Angeles Rams and the New England Patriots. I think that's going to be two solid defenses to round out your top six. Obviously, don't you don't like in fantasy, wait to the last two rounds to pick defense, of course. Or if you're listening and you're playing in our our league, wait, pick them in the first round. Go ahead and just, <laughs> just knock them off the board and make our lives easier. <laughs> I like the Saints pick, obviously. The Saints were one of the top defenses in the league last year. I mean, you got yep. Cameron Jordan. You got – I just had his yeah. name in my head. Middle linebacker. Demario Davis. Demario Davis. Thank you. Nope, Good remember his name. And now you got – I mean uh, – now I'm drawing a blank. Who are you What's looking the, for now? What corner? The quarterback. Uh, you got Marshawn Lattimore and Sean Marshawn Corbin Lattimore. Johnson. You got yeah. the rookie out of Stanford, Paulson and Debo, now in his second year. I mean, they got depth on on every. Yeah. So you, at every put every position group, Cam Jordan, mm-hmm. Mario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore. You got Tyron Matthew rounding out your safety. I mean, not even Cam Jordan on the line. They they have a stacked defensive line. Yeah. They were a great defensive team last year, always putting up points. They have a lot of sacks. They were first then, uh, in the league in, uh, in run defense. Not many teams could run against them. Right, and if you're like us and you have a bonus in your league for amount of yards allowed, yeah. they were definitely getting points each week in that. And they also had a lot of defensive points scored. I mean, yeah, the special they teams a was great. Of sixes. Yeah, and I they had a lot. like P.J. Williams had a couple of pick sixes. Yeah, they – they force teams to turn the ball over a lot with the pressure they put on the quarterback, and then they just make good plays in the secondary. So I, I'm definitely going to be eyeing the Saints once it comes later in the draft. Well, a lot of people in our league will, so it's going to be a yeah. tough ticket. <laughs> yeah, and I had the Bills last year, and the Bills always put up big points for yep. me too. So. I think the team for me – I think the team I disagree that's inside your top there, Tyler, I think is the Patriots. I don't think that they're going to be historically good with the pieces that they've lost in the secondary, uh, I don't think that they have experience there right now. And in their defensive line has shown that aside from Matthew Judon, there's, I don't think there's anybody that can pass rush on the defensive line. I think that's the one problem in new England and that's holding them back Uh, a team. That's not in your, your top teams right there. I think is the LA chargers. I think with the pieces that they've gotten, yeah, especially Khalil Mack. Adding Khalil yeah. Mack, you still got Joey Bosa. There's seven uh, on the my list. JC Jackson and uh, Derwin James Jr. out there in, in the secondary. I think that they're a vicious team yes. on defense. Absolutely, uh, they'll give some teams some problems. I, they were historically, I think they were the third or fourth worst defense in the league last year. Uh, but I think adding one or two guys like that changes it completely, especially if they're top tier All Pro guys that that are gonna you know. Well, you had. You add Player. Khalil Mack to any team. Yeah. It's, it's going to shift <laughs> it's gonna, the entire If you go from bottom of the league, you're going to go from, from top of the league in a heartbeat. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like adding Aaron Donald to a team. Yeah. I mean, the two of yeah. them just just dominate. That's why the Rams are automatically my top six with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald being on, right. on that defense. Yeah. So, I see you have a little bonus added on to here yep. for this week's fantasy corner. Hit it, hit us, Tyler. Yeah, there's been a lot of positivity with my fantasy. I'm giving all of the top six. Well, now it's time to get the three players not to draft. I'm going to start doing this more every week. The first, wah, so wah, wah. I got two running backs and uh, one wide receiver. The first one being Chet always drafts this guy, a Washington Commander running back, Antonio Gibson. Hey, Boy, he, he's been in the league uh, two look. years. Oh, yeah. Antonio Gibson each year has been great for me. Last year he got hurt. He was battling some injuries. The first year was a dog. The first half of the second year, he was a dog. Then he got hurt, but then he came back around at the near playoff time. There's a guy, though, called J.D. McKissick that's going to be a problem. Right. Cars, the same thing I saw. We saw Jonathan Taylor. You know how he was a really good running back in Indianapolis? Well, who guess who came in like – Pretty much every drive, Naheem Hines. Well, guess what's going to happen in Washington? J.D. McKissick is going to, you know, steal those red zone carries. I bet you any money that J.D. McKissick is going to have more rushing touchdowns than Gibson this season. And he's well, that was sealed every third down yeah. because Washington goes three and out. Like, so, like, know, his average drive. draft position right now is 35. If you don't know what ADP is, it's average draft position. I'd rather, like, so there's guys like Brees Hall, the rookie out of the New York Jets. I'd rather get him. I know that Michael Carter is in the backfield, but Brees Hall was an absolute stud at Iowa State, so I think he's going to really do a good job there. And also I like to do Travis Etienne. He was one of my breakout running backs. You can get him around the same position as well. So those are two guys I would rather draft ahead of Gibson. So do you think Naheem Hines impacts Jonathan Taylor's success this year? Well, I mean, it didn't really impact him last year. I mean, Jonathan Taylor still had a lot, but you I mean, Frank Wright loves to bring in Naheem Hines pretty much like an every third down play and give Taylor a rest whenever he like busts out a, a big play. I will say that was one issue with Antonio Gibson was they would bring yeah. in Jake uh, McKissick. Mm-hmm. Every time they were, it was goal line, third down, Gibson gets you down there. Well, let's let him sit the bench and catch a breather and bring in McKissick and let him score the touchdown and just screw every fantasy football over. Yeah, but yeah. I think Jonathan Taylor, though, I wouldn't really worry about Naheem Hines. I, I think, yeah, he's going to get on your nerves. He definitely got on my nerves a couple of times. You know, whenever they brought in Hines, like, what are you doing? Like, you have, a, like, an all-pro running back in Jonathan Taylor, but you have Naheem Hines, like, stealing a touchdown from Jonathan Taylor. That could have got me some points. That's the only put them in your flex. That's the only reason I'm not 100 percent on Jonathan Taylor well, is because it, they like well, Derek. There's no one else in Tennessee for Derek Henry. Well, yeah, and that's why Derek Henry got Taylor, You got, you better <laughs> handcuff Naheem Hines in on your bench. That's a good point. That's I mean, a good point. It you got to have these guys be healthy. So if Naheem Hines can come in and take a couple big hits on third down protecting the quarterback, then save those hits from Jonathan Taylor because yeah. Derrick Henry's got to do it all, man. He's True. Yeah. That's why I yeah. picked Antonio Gibson last year in my other league because he didn't have any competition, but by week three, his shin was snapped in half. So, yeah. You know. He was battling shin splints for about nine weeks last year, so yeah. that really hurt. All right, Tyler, who's your number two player not to draft? All right, number two is going to be Amari Cooper of the Cleveland Browns. Now, he's solely on this list because of the Deshaun Watson suspension. I'm just basing it on six games. 
So guess who's going to be the quarterback? Jacoby Brissett. Do you really trust Amari Cooper being like your wide receiver two on fantasy with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback? No. No. So uh, right now he's going as the wide receiver uh, 24 in drafts. So guys like Gabe Davis and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is pretty – I know he's behind Justin Jefferson, but it seems like every week he's getting a touchdown. So if, Well, you know, they, they end up double-teaming Jefferson, yeah. which – and Thielen's already a very good yeah. wide receiver. So. And also Gabe Davis is in that same line. So Amari Cooper has all the talent, but just with Jacoby Brissett being the quarterback for six weeks, that's a lot of weeks. That's pretty much like most of the fantasy season. So I'd think that if you're spinning him like in like the, the sixth round, I, I would just go with safer picks with Gabe Davis and Adam Thielen. Can I guess your third player? My third a, player? Go yeah, ahead. Wide, yeah, y'all try receiver? and guess the third player. He's another running back. Oh, I was going to say DeAndre Hopkins if it was oh. a wide receiver because he's suspended for the first. Well, half actually, of the season. I he well, I I would still draft him just because of your bench. If you make the playoffs, you could be you know yeah, you could take him late. League. Yeah, take him late round help maybe. You, like, win the league. Okay, well, so if it's a running back, Alvin Kamara. No. No. Okay. What, what division? It's in the it's in the AFC uh, North. David Montgomery. Oh, he, that's an NFC North. North. No, I love Dave Montgomery this season. Draft him. Um, <laughs> what team's it on? I'll just go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to say he tells the team. We'll figure it I out. I like all the NFC uh, North running backs. Well, well, you're not going to like this one. J.K. Dobbins. Uh, uh, yeah. like that's him. a committee. That's a committee. It's a yeah. running back by committee. And, of course, there's not really a running back in Baltimore. The Baltimore running back is Lamar Jackson. So he's going to steal pretty much every – red zone carry that yes. is going to be either a read option or a touchdown pass to bait uh, to not to Bateman to Andrews that happened like guess pretty much had, every play that was the Ravens offense yeah guess who had J.K. Dobbins last you year did. this and guy guess, guess who had his backup after J.K. Dobbins th- this year this guy and guess who had the backup after the backup <laughs> after the backup got hurt this guy Wait, so it, yeah who was the third no, string was it, I, uh, I dropped was it Latavius Murray was that the third string yes so I, I had J.K. Dobbins and then I had Gus Edwards, the bus, wow. who gets hurt. And then I had Latavius Murray, and t- I had Tyson Williams. I had both of them because I had no running back last year. I was Jeez. just, and that's why I finished last in fantasy football. So well, that's why you need to draft running back uh, for the first pick. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this year, happen. this year, I'm taking Tyler's advice, and all of our listeners should take Tyler's advice and DM us on Twitter, and we'll send you the cheat sheet. Okay. Actually, we're about to just give it out at this point because no people, yeah. no one is. <laughs> Just send us a DM and you can have the cheat sheet because yeah. Tyler put. I'll give it out to you for free at this rate. I mean, I mean, I was giving it out to we you for well, free at any rate. We'll post it on our website. Yeah, we'll might as well. Peek. We have a website now. Yeah, we also I have can post it on channel. our website. That, I could definitely do that. Yeah, that'd be one of the articles. So, yeah. okay, well, that, I think that kind of wraps up our NFL talk. We have another preview for uh, for college football, and this week we're sticking with the region of the East. Uh, we're gonna go with the ACC. So. I know Wade's going to pick Clemson to win it because he's a big Dabo lover and he just loves Clemson, Clemson football. <laughs> oh, yes, you know me. <laughs> that's, that's sarcasm there, folks. But uh, I'm not going to read out all the teams because there's a lot in the ACC, but apparently Miami's in the ACC. The I didn't realize that. Yeah, so that uh, but let's start with Futch. We'll mix it up a little bit because Tyler's hey, always he's an ACC expert. This man last year, I kid you not, in week oh, one, 
He picked Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. And guess what happened? Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, baby. So, yeah, there we go. If you want that knowledge, you can go listen to our, like, sister show as College Football Coast to Coast uh, starting in fall. Which you can find linked on our website. <laughs> yes. Which I'll put the link to that in the bio. But, uh, yeah, Futch, start us off with your ACC pick. Uh, well, I'll do my Atlantic uh, division, and then I'll do my coastal division. Uh, so – my Atlantic division, I'll probably uh, go with NC State. Uh, I think that they're they're the best team in the division. I think they're good enough to beat Clemson. I think uh, that was shown last year. Uh, that was a crazy game. That was a wild game. I think that was potentially game of the year right there. Uh, and uh, I, I think they're on the rise. I think they're a great team. Uh, so that's my Atlantic pick. And then as far as my coastal pick, it's kind of a toss up. Um, I want to say I want to go with Pittsburgh again, but at the same time, uh, I'm looking at what the future of North Carolina is. Um, and, and I think North Carolina and Pitt are going to be the two teams that battle it out there in, in the coastal. And ultimately, I probably will go with uh, North Carolina to to go on and uh, play play against uh, NC State so the so the two North Carolina teams will be battling it out in North Carolina uh for the ACC championship so I like it I like it I uh, I also had NC State um I mean they they had a great quarterback last year with Devin Leary and he was kind of overlooked with the whole Kenny Pickett being one of the best quarterbacks in that division um they've had really good seasons besides 2019 uh, and I think they're just on the rise. And like you said, that Clemson game was one of the probably the best ones of the year last year. Um, and there was a stat that I read. Let me see if I can find it. Maybe it was on Wake Forest. One of them, the only losses they had last year, it was by less than four points. I believe it was Wake Forest. Yeah. Um, but And then so for my – that was my Atlantic pick. And for my Coastal – I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech went on a little bit of a run last year, and I think uh, I think they're gonna be able to get it done. We'll little inner same man, I like it. Yeah, that that song gets me fired up. So I can't imagine when I'm on the football field. Everybody hates everybody hates VT's mascot, but I honestly think that their mascot is the best thing. When they put their mascot on a helmet, it is the best thing in college football. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, Wade. Well, we know Clemson for the Atlantic, so go ahead and give us a post. <laughs> the Atlantic's going to be tough this year, but um, yeah, I think that uh, Clemson has another year left in the tank in the dynasty just off recruiting alone. But I'll tell you, if Dabba doesn't buy in the NIL, uh, Clemson, you know, slowly they'll start to kind of fade into the background and the ACC as a whole will because the conference. You know, they just don't have a lot of booster money to put into football. So, um, you know, teams like Florida State and Miami will overtake them because uh, they are putting money into boosting the program. Um, but, yeah, I'll take Clemson, you know, jokes aside. And in the other side on the Coastal, oh, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, Wake Forest could be back this year. Um, wait, are they in? They're oh, they're in the Atlantic. Atlantic. Uh, yeah. yeah, I always get they're the North Carolina teams mixed around because they split them down the middle. Um, yeah, I mean, Pitt, new quarterback, really good defense. They lost Jordan Addison. 
could happen. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess. Uh, what What do you think of uh, the tweet that was posted or TikTok from Clemson's TikTok account of Mr. Dabo Sweeney sliding into late, late the weight room the other day? I saw that and I had to send it to you. I was like, oh, this way just going to love this. He, he jumps off the top of the staircase. It takes like a slippy slide down into the weight room. And he goes, let's ride. And he was all fired up. Do you think? Do you see another pizza party happening this year for the Clemson Tigers? I mean, slides worked in recruiting in 2014 when we were supposed to hide that we were paying players, but um, you know, nowadays that doesn't really work. So he's gonna have hey, to slide into the bank account. Here's the go. problem, though. Here's the problem. Dabu has to bring that energy because guess who's gone? Their energy guy, <laughs> the guy who ran the absolute show on the sideline. With the energy. He's no longer with the team? Is the no weightlifting longer... coach? No, 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 no. Who are you He's talking about? about the defensive coordinator. Oh, I was talking about the big weightlifting coach that was freaking oh. like lighting it up. Oh, yeah, the DC's gone. So Dabo's energy is just going to be something we can't take anymore. We're not even going to be able to watch Clemson football games. I think we limit our Clemson talk to like a minute 45 on this show. And, and for those it. who don't know, Wade hates Clemson football. He grew up in South Carolina. Big South Carolina Gamecock guy, but not a Clemson fan. All right, Tyler, hit me with your picks. All right, well, I'm going to start off with the Atlantic. I think this is pretty much going to be a two-team race like all of y'all have hinted between Clemson and NC State. Like Jacob said, I think Brent Venables losing him to Clemson. They also lost Tony Elliott, uh, the OC. So there's going to be a lot of changes in Clemson. That's why I'm picking NC State. To win the Atlantic, Devin Leary. If I don't know what the Heisman odds are, but put him down because he could be a dang dark horse for this uh, Heisman uh, Trophy winner. Yeah, Jacob, look for me for that. So I'm gonna Sprinkle go a NC little State. money on Devin hey, Leary. There. I'm just so sick of the NCAA screwing uh, NC State in baseball. So I think that NC State is pissed off. So they're going to use it on the football field. The Coastal Division. None of y'all talked about this team. But I'm going to go Miami winning the division. I think the U. Uh, the U. Uh, I'm not saying that they're back, but definitely th- at least say they have a competent coach for once. Uh, uh, with the former Oregon coach uh, Mario Cristobal, they do have Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback, so there's a lot of hype around Miami. I'm believing it, so I have Miami and NC State, but in the end, I have NC State winning the ACC. Am I correct in saying that Miami's quarterback inked a million dollar deal before even? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. That that's. Insane. And I mean, a little speaking of NIL, I saw Tyler, you added to the notes that the Pac 12 players can now profit off of highlight videos that are posted to Twitter yeah. from the teams. So I imagine that a lot of the other conferences will be following. Yeah, I, that. I think it's just going to be a chain reaction. I mean, Pac 12 highlight videos, that just screams USC and Oregon right there. Yeah, exactly. And there's not much highlight videos coming out of the Pac-12, so we'll, uh, <laughs> I'm sure the players are going to want to make sure they get a good rate. We'll get that to one. that conference whenever we get to that preview, but I just thought that was a very interesting thing. I think that all the other like Power 5 conferences, maybe shooting, even the Group of 5 conference might even get on train with that. And I know, Tyler, you told me there's a little parlay you're entertaining, maybe. Uh, yeah. If you pick all of the conference championships mm-hmm. correctly at $10. I'm trying to get bet. Jacob in this, but he just keeps not responding to me. I guess hey. Well, you see, I had, work, I had work duties today. So, no, I actually will do it. Okay. I think I ran a little mock. I say all four of us do it. Let's go ahead I and run it. Let's put in Look, I ran box. a little mock one with the teams that I picked. If I hit uh, all of them 
all ten of them, it uh, it was a six point four million dollar payout. Whew. We could hey, let's let's hit all four of us ten bucks in forty dollars. Imagine, yeah, split oh that gosh. four ways. I think we can just do five, and we would get a whole lot. Well, what were you putting in? Ten dollars? Yeah, yeah. So we each do five, make it twenty twelve million. We. See you later, podcast. We'll, we'll no, be living no, large. No, no, no. See you later, podcast. We kept the studio, and then we know how long I had to work. <laughs> exactly. We'll go, we'll go ahead and just take over like Sports Center at that point. Oh, um, but back to, back to Tyler's point. We're the talking, talking about, talking about yeah, Devin. Because tell me because I might put some little bit of sprinkles of money Devin on Leary's, Devin Leary. A little bit. Devin Leary's. Heisman odds is plus five thousand. Take it to you know the who else is, Hey, you know who else's Heisman odds were plus five thousand before the season? <laughs> Mr. Joe Burrow. Oh, wait. So, yeah, but what really? you're missing is how many people know about Devin Leary. I mean, not many. Yeah, he's going to have a good season, but as long as Bryce Young or Ohio State's quarterback has a decent season, they're going to be the ones in New York. That's, That's what I hate about the Heisman. It's a popularity contest. Yeah. He might have so, other stats, but he's not going to be his yeah. team probably. At well, best, they win. He's probably going to be CJ Stroud, but, I mean, Devin Leary is going to be. Uh, but here's the, here's the best part. Here's the, people that are also, here's the people who are also plus 5,000 odds to win as well. Alongside Clemson's quarterback, huh. Will Levis. Pronounce his last name. I want to hear you pronounce Clemson's last name. Not even going to try <laughs> Will Levis okay. in Kentucky and Spencer Rattler oh, God. in Spencer South Carolina. Rattler. <laughs> More like plus 50,000. <laughs> what's C.J. What's Stroud and Bryce Young? It's probably like – it's got a negative. I believe it is uh, – yes, so not even uh, plus. Bryce Young is plus 250 and C.J. Stroud is plus 350. Well, I would probably take C.J. Stroud. That's easy there, money. <laughs> has there been a back-to-back Heisman winner? Uh, I don't think way back so. when. I would yeah. more like another I don't guy, think Bryce, Jackson Smith and Jigba of Ohio State, too, the receiver. I'm curious what his odds would be. Hey, I kind of want to sprinkle. I want to be weird and sprinkle ten dollars down on on JT Daniels because the fact that JT Daniels, <laughs> the West Virginia man himself, thousand is hilarious to me. I think he should win the Heisman just for doing the Russell Wilson. Uh, thing with uh, West Virginia. Okay, there we go. There's Fletch's uh, degenerate gambling corner, we'll call that segment. <laughs> um, but something that uh, was brought up when y'all were here uh, the weekend, we're going to maybe each week throw out a few three or four team parlays for the listeners to hit. We'll, we'll ride with them and we'll win some or we'll lose some. We'll Our see first what game will be Vanderbilt and Hawaii. And I'm kidding. Never bet on that game. Yes. Yes. Dude, I don't even I'm betting I'm Hawaii because they, Vanderbilt has to travel all the way from Nashville all the way yeah, to I'm Hawaii. Yeah, I'm taking so Hawaii. That's a tough road trip. They're going to be on vacation mode, not in football mode. Well, you know, one quarterback that's not winning the Heisman who used to play at LSU would be Mr. TJ Finley out of Auburn, um, considering he just got arrested uh, the week after inking a big Amazon NIL deal, but. He forgot to order a helmet on Prime, and he got arrested for riding his moped. <laughs> he couldn't get a helmet delivery. Yeah, he was evading the police on a moped without a helmet. So I mean, come on, TJ Finley, just do better. Oh god, like just, just why do, do you better, have a moped man. in the NIL world? 
Yeah, why can't you be evading the police in like your Ferrari? I'm sure you can get away a lot faster than you can in your moped. And so, why does the Auburn Police Department hate their football team? Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> the same they thing went six and six Newton last year. Was, That's probably why. Yeah, they don't care anymore, but they're, well, they're more they're on the basketball the team. West. Yeah. Oh, bold that, prediction that, already from Wade. I mean, look well, at it. It's between yeah. them, us, and Mississippi State. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Auburn last place. Sorry. <laughs> Mississippi State yeah. with Will Rogers is going to be better than them for sure. And some other oh, wacky sports news. Last Friday was ESPN the Ocho. And so we're going to bring up a meme I saw on Twitter that ESPN put out uh, <laughs> where it takes your month and your day for your birthday and it gives you your Ocho sport. So mine, being May 6th, is rhythmic lawn mowing. Which I think fits pretty well, well you have with experience me. In that. Yes, I had a lawn care business in high school, and you know I was doing a little jig uh, while I was cutting the grass. So I was making sure I was good and flowing like a ballerina out there. Uh, Wade, being February twenty seventh, is a three legged axe throwing. So I want to see these axe throwing skills and how you're going to balance on three legs. So that should be interesting. Um, and then Tyler, March tenth. Am I right? Nope. No. You got to go a week prior there, bud. March 3rd. <laughs> blindfolded laundry folding. Tyler, how are your laundry folding skills? Oh, they are very elite. That's what I like to see. That's what I like. <laughs> and Fudge, I don't know your birthday, so you, you're just going to have to tell me. January 25th. January 25th. We've got extreme cake decorating. You're going to see Fudge on the next season of Cake Boss. He's leaving Home Depot to, to explore his career as a baker. Uh, New York uh, City. I, I wouldn't trust me cooking anything, um, especially making cakes, um, even from a box. Uh, so I, I don't trust myself eating that. Never mind anybody else. Because if I went on Cake Boss, anything that was oh, on there would be that I would make. <laughs> well, you know, someone who might have to go on Cake Boss because I need a new job would be Will Zalatoris's caddy, because uh, Willie Z didn't make the cut this week. Uh, or yeah, he did. Uh, he made the cut, didn't he? he? He battled back. I think so. Yeah. Well, he cut ties with his caddy on Friday after the second round. He must not have been too happy with him. Cutting ties with the guy who's led you to a lot of second place finishes and majors right before the FedEx Cup playoffs. It's a bold move by Mr. Zalatoris, but I mean, maybe his caddy said he wanted to explore a job in cake decorating. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that'll kind of kick us into our golf talk with the FedEx Cup playoffs starting next week. But we can recap the Wyndham Championship. We had first time one of the youngest winners to win on the PJ Tour. He wasn't even a member of the PJ Tour. He's on a sponsor's exemption. Mr. Tom Kim, at 20 years old, uh, takes home the gold at the Wyndham Championship today and earns himself a FedEx playoff spot. So how about that? The last possible chance yeah. to earn one. He gets it done. And now he's, he earns his tour card when playing on a sponsor exemption. And what's even better is he started off Thursday's round with a quadruple bogey. And he battled back to shoot an 18-under. So, guys, when you're out on the tee box and you hit a quadruple bogey, you can still shoot 18-under on that day. So, just, just keep that in mind. I mean, he did shoot a 26 on the front nines today on Sunday. So, I don't know many of us that are shooting 8-under par on the front nine. But if you do that, it's possible that you could get it done. So, Fudge, when's the last time you shot a quadruple bogey and then finished under par? Never. <laughs> Have you ever shot a quadruple bogey is the real question. Oh, yes, yes. We, we have multiple stories that we could talk about. 
Um, I'll I'll mention one. Um, so I, freshman year uh, at the uh, state championship. At the uh, state championship, and, come on, but you got to be better. Yeah, than that. yeah. This is this is bad, but um, but I well before the week before that, I ended up winning uh, South State. So as a freshman, so if you place first, you know, in South State, that means you're in the leader group and you're teeing off last um, in the state championship. So here we are on the tee box on the first day. And there are like 50 people around this tee box and I'm in this last group and I am a freshman and I am shaking in my boots. Um, but no, we got on the back nine and I was getting tired. I was gassed and uh, par three. And you want to talk about the deepest bunkers I've ever seen in my life. Uh, are we talking about like St. Andrews bunkers? Worse. It was <laughs> that bad. Yeah. It was like, it was a 10 foot lip probably. It was that bad, and uh, I thought I was going to pull out the impossible shot and uh, hit this thing out of the bunker over a 10-foot lip uh, and get it on the green. Well, my little ninth-grade self did, didn't realize that. Uh, I took a – You're no Phil nine. Mickelson. <laughs> yeah, I took, a, uh, I took a nine on a par three. That's worse yeah. than a quadruple. Yeah, that, yeah, that is that worse than a quadruple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it was pretty bad. That's a CS. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, you need to go back to Spanish class or rethink your numbers. Or math. <laughs> yeah, one of them. But it was that bad. And, uh, yeah, I, I've I've thought about that. Every time I get in a bunker now, I get flashbacks. Um, it's like horror stories about it. But, no, yeah. Well, thankfully, it, it wouldn't have mattered at the end. Now, if it would have ma- if it would have mattered and we would have ended up winning state uh, – yeah, that that would have been pretty bad, and I probably would have gotten mugged on the way out of there. <laughs> well, when you say there was like 50 people on the tee box, it brings me back to the Tiger Woods ad where he's like, well, if you want to stop your slice, just do what I do and line the, the tee box with people, and you have to hit it straight. If not, you're going to kill Sally on the left side of the tee box. <laughs> and so it's just there's the professional golfers are built different than us, uh, as we all can see. And Fudge, you may be one of those professional golfers here come October uh, with the Sanderson Farms Classic. You know, it's qualifying round. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, as the listeners know. Uh, he's he's gearing up, and he's ready to rock and roll. Um, I don't know about ready to rock and roll, but... You're getting there. You're getting there. That's a, getting You there. had your tough match last week in the whack, and you built mental toughness and determination and was able to pull the win out of that one after beating Wade and I. You could beat anybody. So that's 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 how I'm looking yeah, at that one. Because we're such deep competition. Well, <laughs> and when the cameras turned off, we were. But yeah. and speaking of the whack, Tyler worked effort or tirelessly, and I helped him out this weekend. And then my computer crashed, and I lost all the footage. So Tyler was able to recover it and still put the video out. It's all out on our YouTube channel now. We uh, didn't include all the shots. We kind of just wanted to make it a fun montage. And of course, we have Wade's shot off the tree going backwards, and we have my two shank shots. But then we Wade ends up putting us on the green from the other fairway, so it works out perfectly. I just want to say, like, I like, showed, traveled. I showed yeah. the video to my parents last night, and when as soon as they saw Wade shot off the tree, they lost it. So, Wade, I know, like, you, that was a bad shot, but at least you provide comedy. Hey, it's all we wanted you to do was punch out into the fairway, and that's what happened. That's what you, you did. Punched I mean, out backwards. It went that's, negative, that's but at least you got in the fairway. And we were on the on the green after the next shot, so it was totally fine. 
But hey, it's you, all part of the game. Yep. You see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the laughs that were had, and the mm-hmm. fun time. Uh, so it, it was a great weekend, and we were happy to be able to put that video together. Um, someone who's not so happy would be Mr. Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau as they are suing the PGA Tour to be able to play in the uh, the FedEx Cup. Uh, there's some back and forth on this. I discussed it a little bit with Futch uh, with the FedEx Cup ramping up, and I think live golf players are trying to get this lawsuit in. And I think if they get the lawsuit in and it's you know, in court, they'd be able to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs while it's being decided because any sort of ban would be lifted um, while it's in court. So that's kind of uh, they're working. They're cutting it close on time, but I don't know if were you able to do any more research on this and give us some takes on that? Um, I didn't get to look at it too much. Um, I mean, what I've seen, um, the PGA tour is trying to combat, you know, what's going on in, in the live tour, uh, as far as really big payouts and what's going on. Cause at the end of the day, these guys, they play the game because they love it and they love the money um, as well. So the PGA Tour has decided to up their payouts. Um, I believe the uh, this next season, I believe the total purse is 400 million, uh, a little over 400 million. So I I think they're uh, trying to one up each other um, at this stage. Um, it's just a matter of, uh, I don't think that the PGA tour is drilling for oil or, uh, anything like that. So the money will run dry eventually. Yeah. So uh, I, or it's I not, think it's not going to run dry. We're on, on the live, live golf. No, league, that's no, for sure. no, that money will be there forever. Oh, uh, well, and you know, something I heard an interesting take, if they get tied up in lawsuits and court battles, that's just going to be pulling money from the PGA Tour because Live Golf doesn't care about the money at this point. They have it on you. You all you have out. to do is poke the ground in Saudi Arabia, and it's oil is going to come squirting out like a geyser. Um, but it's gonna. I think it's going to end up lowering the PGA Tour purses because they're going to have to be able to pay for the lawyers and the lawsuits and everything. But the thing I don't get is all these live players said they're going to live tour because they're going to play less golf and make more money. Well, now they're suing the PGA to come back and be able to play on the PGA tour. So it's like, well, they've got their cake and they want to eat it too. And it's just like, it doesn't make any sense as to why they're suing them. So it's, it's golf drama. You don't have a lot of it, but this is the first time I think that you're having any sort of golf drama. And if this ends up being a trial, it's, going to be one of the more famous trials in sports history in terms of allowing the players to play because they're independent contractors so it's not like they signed a contract to play only on the pga tour there's multiple golf leagues they can play in so the live might have an argument here but i guess i just have to see how it plays out in court yeah i don't i don't think that uh, i i don't think they're going to be able to take these guys out of competing in the fedex cup um I just don't see it, but I, I don't like it. I wish they could. Um, it gives an opportunity for more players like, you know, this champion this week as a sponsor exempt coming right. in and, and playing in the playoffs. So I think it should, they should reward guys for playing the entire season on the PGA Tour. I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, that's what the FedEx Cup playoffs are about. Hey, going through the entire season, battling it out, going for FedEx Cup points. I, it doesn't make any sense for a guy to say, Hey, look, I'm leaving the PG like DJ leaving the PGA tour so I can 
go to live, but hey, I still got all these FedEx Cup points that I'm going to use and try to go to court and battle this out and come back and play in the FedEx Cup so I can make more money and hold on to enough FedEx points to where if Liv does end up crashing and burning, I'm able to rebound and come back to the PGA Tour. Uh, I just think it's a dirty scheme by the players uh, at that point. Yeah, well, one interesting thing with DJ, and I texted you this before the show. So it turns out for next year, Liv is allowing sponsors to purchase a team uh, because, you know, Liv Golf has their four-man teams that they all play in. Uh, And Adidas is a front-runner for DJ's team offering up $1 billion to buy his team. Well, Liv, one of Liv's rules is the captain owns 25% of the team. So if they buy DJ's team for a billion dollars, he pockets a cool $250 million for playing like on top of the $175 million he's getting paid to play on the Liv Tour. So he's just going to be sleeping in money. He's going to be bathing in it, feeding it to his dog, putting it on his grass so he can cut it. It doesn't matter because he's got so much of it. I mean, it's just absolutely insane how much money these captains are going to earn with if, if you have big companies that are jumping on this tour. Um, and someone that does like the – I listened to an interview with Mark Hubbard, who's a, kind of a lower-tier golfer. Um, he, he hasn't won yet on the PGA Tour, but he's getting some chances to play. And he said he loves the Live Tour because it's pulling people out of the PGA Tour. Now he's getting spots to play in these golf tournaments. Um when Brooks Kepka joined, he was the alternate that week. So he didn't even have – he said in the in the interview, he didn't even have his name on his staff bag. They just gave it to him because it was supposed to be Brooks Kepka. So they gave him an empty one. And he said he took a Sharpie and he wrote not – or he was thinking about writing not Brooks Kepka on the on the staff bag. And that was going to be his name for the week. So, I mean, it, it kind of helps – the not so popular golfers that are trying to make their way onto the tour because it gives them more spots and more opportunities to jump in, at least right now. Um, how that goes forward, we don't know. But uh, you know, someone that's also jumping, not necessarily leagues, but teams would be Josh Bell and Juan Soto getting traded to the Padres. What's your thoughts on this, Wade? You're you're a big MLB guy. Hey, Padres didn't mess around. They uh they came to play at the deadline and they've put up a pretty good season despite not having uh, Fernando Tatis in the lineup all season long. So he's in a, a, a rehab assignment right now, and once they get him back, I think the Padres will definitely make a push for the number one wildcard spot, but the Dodgers are going to win the uh, NL West regardless. So um, it'll be a fight between uh, probably the Atlanta Braves and the San Diego Padres for the number one. Wild card spot, uh, Milwaukee and St. Louis, whoever doesn't win that division could also be in the mix. But um, all those teams should be in the playoffs and should be some fun series. But, um, yeah, not only did they get Soto, they got Brendan Drury, who can play any position on the field. Um, And then they got Josh Bell to come with Juan Soto, and that would have been a good deal in its own right. So, uh they were the big winner at the deadline. I think other teams that did well, uh, the Minnesota Twins, they bolstered their their pitching staff, uh, got themselves a true closer, as well as another uh, solid starting pitcher in Tyler Maley. And, um, you know, the Seattle Mariners, kudos to them for going out and getting Luis Castillo over, you know, maybe the New York Yankees or 
the Padres, you know, someone that spends a lot of money. Um, you know, they're trying to make the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. So they made a big step towards that. And um, a team that sold, but sold selectively, uh, the Baltimore Orioles. I think they played it just right at the trade deadline. They traded guys that were going to be free agents and got some good prospects for next year and um, still are going to be competitive enough to maybe sneak in the playoffs this year. But if they don't, uh, the future definitely looks bright for them. So, And I like what the Astros did as well. I uh, kind of forgot about them. That was a, I was, a good group. I was I was just going to say that. I think I think the Astros, I think, were the A-plus team for me at the trade deadline. Um, honestly, for immediate production right after the trade deadline, I think absolutely. Um, you went out and got Trey Mancini out of Baltimore, um, spent a lot of time in Baltimore, um, and it was an immediate production. He's had three home runs in, in his first four games playing with Houston. Uh, which is what they need. They need a, another big bat there. Uh, and I think if they continue with the success that they're having, I think ultimately they probably could catch up with the Yankees. Um, we just watched the Yankees drop four straight. So, I mean, there there is there is hope there for somebody else in the AL. So uh, I think that Houston is second in line there and just waiting on the doorstep. And uh, if they keep putting wins together, and I think they're adding good pieces, you got – uh, also, with a weird trade, you picked up Christian uh, Vasquez from from Boston to fill that catcher spot. Um, I think he's a better fit too for the offense as well. I mean, the Astros Maldonado picked him up. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll definitely be a much better fit for the offense. It's yeah. Maldonado I mean, sitting like a cool one fifty. Yeah, I mean, Maldonado doesn't hit more yeah than a buck fifty in a season. I think we watched his batting average drop ten points in the game we went to. I think, so. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I would put him on my list for betting odds for the worst batting average out of a position player um, in a season. So yeah, I I don't I don't understand. I think the Astros were just holding on for that long. I don't I think he's still on their active roster, um, but ultimately I think uh, Vasquez will be their their primary catcher just because of. Uh, the offense he brings. I mean, he's also a great defensive catcher as well. Well, it's always good to have probably at least two catchers. Um, it's a long season, and the catchers tend to have knee problems. So, I mean, you give Maldonado a break, maybe he figures out his hitting yips, and uh, then you have kind of Bas- Vasquez and him back there. Maybe pro- good production for the offense. We'll see. You'll still see Maldonado that- some because Verlander is in the midst of a very historic season, so they're not going to mess with that. Um, yeah, when Verlander's pitching, I think Maldonado will be in the lineup. Just that that comfortability that they have together. Yeah, I think I think Vasquez at this point in the season is a good, uh, is probably a good backup catcher for the rest of the season. To be honest, I think the, I think he needs an off season to get acclimated to the whole the whole rotation. Um, I don't think that's going to be something that can happen mid season. I'm sure they'll try to do a little bit, but ultimately, I think he'll be uh, somebody that they want to close out with at catcher with guys in the bullpen uh, that he can work with a little more throughout the year and a big bat in a close game uh, at, at the end of a game. And I think, you know, he, he was great in Boston and what he brought to, to the catching room. And people don't understand that, you know, in Boston, he was taught by arguably one of the better catchers of the early 2000s, Jason Veritek, 
uh, kind of being the catcher coach there in, in Boston now. Uh, so you've seen a lot of alumni return there. And I, I, I think that, you know, even Boston going and uh, somehow landing Eric Hosmer because the Padres had to get rid of somebody with some sort of value in order to to get Soto and Bell there. So I, I think Boston has enough bats. They just can't hit and uh, that and it's finish. a hitting slump. Yeah, it's a hitting slump. And you've got guys that are injured uh, for a very long time. I mean, I remember in Boston when, you know, people were talking – early in the year, hey, Michael Walker might be, you know, the ace pitcher for Boston uh, this season, and he's hurt and and he's not playing. So, I mean, uh, it really is a, a tough time up there right now, and I think it's 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 all but over for them right now. Um, and, and I I think uh, I think the Astros are definitely – the Astros and the Yankees are, are the present and the future of the AL. So – it sounds like I was going to lead with this question, but you kind of answered it for me, Fletch. Which team did you like the most at the trade deadline? It sounds like for you it might have been the Astros, for Wade, maybe the Mariners, um, making that push and getting uh, their trades through Tyler. Which team did you like the most? Well, I actually what? agree with literally everything Jacob said. I like the Astros move. For once, too. the two agree. <laughs> Let's go ahead and end the show now. They agree on something. I mean – I know I like give crap about Will Smith, but once it comes to postseason, that man turns into Cy Young on the mound. So the Astros will be dominant in the postseason. I like to hear that being a Houston I just, fan. I I don't understand how they like, it's, it's almost turning into a Yankee stick. How are they affording to yeah, pay all I these know. guys? That's that's my question. I got I two mean, words for you, baby. Mattress Mac. He's funding the <laughs> team. That, he's he's funneling money into him. He's they're figuring it out somehow. He's that selling man, mattresses like out the wide. Ten million like every week on the Astros is going to get to a billion by the time the the, the postseason. He's got he's got to pay these contracts. Yeah, I mean, they didn't pay Carlos Correa. Exactly. So, um, you know, it's been a long show. We're almost at an hour and a half, but I want to throw in our quote of the week, and it comes from Mister Miggy Cabrera. Uh, with just a simple, I'm not quitting. Turning 40 in April, he says he's determined to play next year as well. So long career. I remember watching him in, in uh, the Marlins. I had a uh, Cabrera jersey growing up. Yeah, I was a big fan of his. I was a big old boy and just likes to hit. Um, so he, he'll be coming back for his 2023 season. Um, I got a I got a bonus quote for the week. As let's well. hear it. Week in a row. Uh, I saw the a tweet from uh, Kevin Kisner regarding the the Wyndham championship that guy is an absolute legend on twitter ain't no uh, hobby baby that man ain't no hobby uh no he came out and his quote was let's run it back uh after his great win last year uh at the Wyndham." i think he missed the cut this year didn't he yeah yeah so i, I think uh so well, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't what it was all cut out to be but i think the fact that he's calling shots on twitter that was kind of funny though uh, and it kind of brings some comedy to the game. Well, what's what's even funnier is Kisner took this week, instead of playing a practice round, he went and played in the Barstool Classic on Monday, um, then hopped on a private jet, flew to the Wyndham Championship, went out as soon as he landed, went and partied all night at the casino until 4 o'clock in the morning, and then came and played the Pro-Am on Wednesday and then played the first round on Thursday. So I don't think he really cared about it at that point. But uh, I heard that story from the Four Play podcast because old Riggs was with them partying it up. Um, but you know, we don't have anything for NASCAR Neil this week. He had some family in town, so he he had to 
the well-earned vacation. I don't even know if there was a NASCAR race, to be honest with you. I think there might have been. Um, but he'll be geared up and ready to go for when the NASCAR playoffs kick off. Uh, but to kind of tidbits around the uh, sports scramble world, we'll have Tyler. What's the new name for SEC Talk? Southeast Sports Talk. Still uh, in works of working on the rebrand and the logo, but that we should have that done uh, in the next uh, week or so. Yeah, so they'll be Wade and Tyler will be kicking off their SEC based. Uh, talk show that we typically broadcast through Facebook, but uh, from our great uh, network with Old City Sports Network, uh, we've got some access to some new software, so we may be bringing it live to you on Facebook, Twitter, Google, um, maybe TikTok. I don't know. We'll figure something out. It'll be pretty much anywhere you find live shows. Uh, And then we've got Coast to Coast Football. We'll be kicking off here shortly. Um, Yeah, Tyler Tyler and I are going to kick off Coast to Coast here in about Probably about two weeks. You do a season uh, preview for sure. Yeah, and yeah, so that's in, our uh, with Southeast Sports Talk. We need to get a season preview role in there as well. So the I Southeast am, Sports I'm working on it. <laughs> the Southeast Sports Talk. Uh, I'm not is, rushing. Uh, I'm just. I'm just letting fair warning. <laughs> that'll be coming here soon. Southeast Sports Talk, like I said, is more SEC based, and then coast to coast is all of college football. And we'll still, you know, recap the college football weeks here on the mm-hmm. Sports Scramble. Um, but we just came out with our YouTube channel, which will be linked uh, in the show notes. You can watch our wonderful golf on the WAC. And, of course, you can check out our website now. Um, that'll be linked where Tyler will be posting uh, some sports articles. Our, our sports journalist, Tyler, he'll be uh, keeping you up to date on pretty much mostly Saints and uh, LSU football. And but fantasy I football articles as well. I'll, I'll toss them in there as well. And as always, if you uh, DM us on Twitter at Sports Scramble 4, we'll hit you up with a free fantasy football draft cheat sheet so you can win your league guaranteed. If not, Tyler will pay your dues for your league. Oh, yeah, Tyler. Come at me in my dynasty league. Oh, now. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe not. But I need to take out a loan. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate everybody listening to the podcast this week. Uh, we hope you all have a good one. What's up, everyone? Let me tell you about a company called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 